Welcome to the alchemy of music. We all remember that song during a summer romance or during a bad breakup. We all remember that album that changed your life. And we remember that concert we'll never forget. We'll dive into those nostalgic moments, hear personal stories while examining the cultural and cerebral effects music has and the magic it creates. We'll highlight upcoming tours, artists to see, and the latest in music. I'm your host, Tommy, and now, let's begin. What's up, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of The Alchemy of Music, Thank you guys for joining me on another episode today. I have a great episode in store for you guys. I'm super excited about this one. I've had this idea for a really long time. It's been written down on multiple pieces of paper and I'm finally ready to release it. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things aside from music festivals is when my favorite artists or favorite band announces a tour. I get so excited. I love looking at the dates. Which venue is it going to be at? Is it going to be a weekday? Is it going to be a weekend? I get so excited and so amped up when my favorite artists go on tour, especially after the past few years. We've missed out so much on music, and now it seems like every artist is on tour this year, and I couldn't be happier. But what if one of your favorite artists goes on tour with another one of your favorite artists? Whether it's a joint tour, whether they're just an opener, or have you ever looked back at some of the concerts you've gone to and couldn't believe that the person that opened for that big act ended up being a crazy superstar? Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. I have compiled a list of some of the greatest artists that have had joint tours together or have opened for different acts and the list is mind-blowing. Some of them even overlap and the coolest part is it's very reflective of how music was evolving at that particular time and we'll get into that a little bit more once we get into the episode. But before I get into today's episode, it was just Lollapalooza and Tomorrowland. Lollapalooza is a 40 festival in Chicago put on by the king himself, Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction. I didn't get to stream the entire festival, but I did get to tune into some sets. I watched a little bit of Willow's set. I watched Machine Gun Kelly's, and of course, I had to watch Cascade just because I'm the biggest Cascade fan. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly was absolutely incredible. You can actually look that set up online. It was so amazing. I, I just, I'm so happy that he's bringing rock and roll back into the mainstream world and just watching him perform, especially since he was a rapper and he was rapping. It just to see him dip into both worlds was awesome. So that was an absolutely 
amazing set. And then uh, Tomorrowland, I didn't get to tune into the whole festival, but I did listen to Diplo's set. I listened to Alesso's, and I also listened to Fisher, who I love. I love Fisher so much. He is one of the first sets that I saw at Ultra this year, and it was just like the most magical way to finalize a few years of a crazy pandemic. I know there's a pandemic still going on, people, I know, but it was one of my first nighttime sets, and he just, he blew me away, so I was really happy with his Tomorrowland set. Everything he does is just such a good vibe, so definitely going to be tuning into more of those, and I will keep you posted, and guys, don't forget when it's festival season, be sure to look up if they're live streaming, you can check them all out or go on YouTube after the festival. If you're cleaning your house or you have a long commute, just put on a set, a live set. They have a lot of them up there and sometimes, most of the time, are also put on by the festival themselves. So I drove to the Cape this weekend and I put on Diplo the whole time. It was awesome and I get to kill two birds with one stone, so it was great. I also went to see Elton John a few weeks ago. It was his final tour, and it was one of the best sets that I've ever seen in my entire life. He is such an incredible performer. All he needs is his crazy, amazing outfits, his piano, and you've got a show. His voice was amazing. I mean, for his age, the notes that he was able to hit and the energy that he had, it was just like looking at Elton in his younger days. He really, it was just so amazing. And you do forget, I mean, not that I forget, I'm a big Elton John fan, but how many songs are just hits and all the lyrics that you know it was so good. I cried when he played Goodbye Yellow Brick Road at the end there. I was so emotional and he talked about all the tours that he's done over the years and the concerts that he's had in Boston and just it, it was really amazing because you forget that you know he's toured for so many years and he's been in this industry for such a long time and for him to reminisce about, you know, the times that he's had and closing out a tour. It's, I, you know, I didn't really think about it. The only thing I thought was I was so excited because I wanted to see him before the pandemic and I never got those tickets. And then once the pandemic hit and he moved everything, I was finally able to get those tickets. So my mind was just on seeing Elton but I really kind of forgot the fact that this was the last tour, his farewell tour, and how emotional it would be. And it was it was really quite emotional. And I'm just so happy and so grateful that I got to have that opportunity. He is truly one of the best musicians that I've ever seen live. And again, he doesn't even need a band. He just needs to show up on his piano and you've got a show. The two albums that I still have yet to listen to, 
are Beyonce's Renaissance album. Hearing so much hype about it. Super excited. Can't wait to listen to that one. And then the other one is Funk Wave Bounces Volume 2 by Calvin Harris. Of course, he always has the best summer music, but super excited to listen to those. Like I said, I haven't tuned into them yet, but I definitely will and I will keep you posted. I'm also really obsessed with Fred again. He came out with the song called Jungle about like a month or so ago and I was so obsessed. I could not stop listening to it. Such a great track and then uh, he also came out with a song with Swedish House Mafia and Future called Turn on the Lights Again. I watched Fred again set. I streamed it this year when he was at Coachella and so so good I'm such a huge fan and then the other song that I'm really vibing with is called Twin Flame with uh Anderson Pack and Katrinata if I'm saying that correctly I might be butchering that so I do apologize Katrinata so loving that song but that's all I've got for you guys what I've been listening to so and like I said I'm going to keep you posted on some of those newer albums that were just released and my thoughts on those all right guys that's all I've got for you for today I hope you enjoy this episode seeing your favorite artists live in concert is one thing But when you get to see another one of your favorite musicians touring alongside of one of your other favorite artists, that's another thing. There have been so many joint tours over the years. Some of them you might have been able to see and some of them you've only heard about. Some acts really make sense together and some of them don't. And sometimes combining fans isn't always the smartest thing. But aside from exuberant fans, wild pyrotechnics, ticket sales, and making sure your arenas are packed to the brim, there is one thing for certain, and that these shows and these acts will be so memorable they will transcend time. For example, some interesting joint tours that were set for this year, one of them being Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction. I love them, two of my favorite bands. That one definitely makes sense because when I think of them, I think of nothing but the 90s. So again, that one makes sense. Also this year that was announced was Motley Crue, Poison, Joan Jett, and Def Leppard. That also makes sense. That's got that 80s hair metal sort of vibe. The other one is The Weeknd and Doja Cat. That also makes sense. You're kind of pulling in some of the same fans and the same sound. One of my girlfriends just went to see New Kids on the Block and Vogue, salt and Peppa, and Rick Astley, which is also really cool. A little different, but also they do coincide as well. The joint tour that I found pretty interesting that was set for this year was Garbage and Tears for Fears. Now, I'm a huge fan of both of those bands, but very different. When I think of Tears for Fears, I think of the 80s. When I think of Garbage, I think of the 90s. Now, again, I love both of them so much, but just an interesting, unlikely 
prepare, I would say. Now we're going to go back in time and I'm going to share some of the interesting, unlikely tours that you probably didn't know about. Did you know that the doors opened for Simon and Garfunkel in 1967? Did you know that the Beastie Boys opened for Madonna on her Virgin Tour in 1985? And did you know a young Kanye West would open for Tupac and Biggie in 1994? Aside from the fact that Biggie and Tupac would be performing live together on stage, the set also would feature Common, Twista, Digital Underground, and Junior Mafia along with Debrat, and she is featured as Chicago's first female star, which is super cool. If you guys have not seen that flyer for that set, Google it. It's pretty awesome to look at. It just brings you right back and also super cool to see Kanye West on the list. Guns N' Roses had some interesting openers. Axl Rose personally knew singer Shannon Hoon from the band Blind Melon, so they opened for the band. Up-and-comers Nine Inch Nails were also chosen to open for Guns N' Roses, but unfortunately their fans were not happy and they were not well-received. Guns N' Roses also went on tour with Metallica in 1992. The special guest was Faith No More, but originally Axl Rose wanted Nirvana to open up the show, but Kurt Cobain declined. The Smashing Pumpkins opened for Nirvana back in the early 90s, and you can actually find a video of them on YouTube playing Twister together. I watched that a few days ago, and I thought it was super interesting, so definitely go check that out. It's really interesting because Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains opened for Kiss back in the 90s, then Allison Cheens also opened for Van Halen, and Pearl Jam opened for Allison Cheens. So it's interesting to see this music crossover. These are all different generations, and you can kind of see the bridge to each genre. And it's interesting to think about. I remember reading an article about Alice in Chains and Van Halen and Van Halen was their idols growing up and here they are getting to open for them. So that's that's pretty cool. Both Smashing Pumpkins and Pearl Jam opened for Red Hot Chili Peppers on their Blood Sugar Sex Magic Tour in 1991. Newcomers Radiohead opened for Alanis Morissette on her first big tour in 1996. The Beastie Boys and Run DMC toured together twice, once called the Together Forever Tour in 1987 and then the Sizzlin' Summer Tour in 1990. The Smoke and Grooves Tour, which is now a festival, was considered the largest rap tour in 1996 and it had everyone from the Fugees to Cypress Hill, A Tribe Called Quest, Busta Rhymes, and Ziggy Marley, which is so classic. 
the Bring the Noise tour in 1988 featured Public Enemy, Easy e and Ice-T. Jay-Z loves a joint tour, and he's toured with everyone from Beyonce to Kanye to Eminem. At one point, he had a tour with R. Kelly, but R. Kelly and him had beef, so he pulled out, and then Jay-Z got Usher, Mary J. Blige, and Ja Rule to help fill in. Jay-Z was set to perform as a guest on Puff Daddy's No Way Out tour in 1997 that ran through 1998. Also featured a Lil' Kim, Buster Rhymes, Mace, Foxy Brown, Usher, and 112, but Jay-Z did end up pulling out of that one. Some other interesting tours that existed over the years, one of those being the Up in Smoke tour. That's Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, Eminem, Nate Dogg, Warren G, and Exhibit. That's brilliant, I would say. Uh, the Glow in the Dark tour in 2008, that was with Kanye West featuring Rihanna, NERD, Nas, Loopy Fiasco, and Santa Gold. Billy Joel and Elton John surely loved to tour together as they toured in 94, 95, 98, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2009, and 2011. That's a long time. They must have really enjoyed doing that together. Wiz Khalifa and Mac Miller toured together. Some other interesting acts that have toured together that might surprise you are Def Leppard opened for the Human League in 1981. The Ramones opened for Toto in 1979 and because their music is so different that one pissed fans off big time. Blink-182 and Lil Wayne toured together a few years ago and I mean, Lil Wayne, great rapper. Then you've got Blink-182, a 90s punk band. Two different distinct styles, genres. Doesn't make sense, but at the same time, I'm such a fan of both of them. It does make sense. You're grabbing some of those same fans at the same time. So, pretty neat mix, I'd say. Lana Del Rey is known for being a huge Kurt Cobain and Nirvana fan, and she was lucky enough to have Courtney Love as her opener for her tour at that time, which was around 2015-16. I don't know if you guys remember it, but I do remember going to see Porter Robinson and Zed at Royale, I think, back in 2012. Definitely an interesting mix. Both electronic DJ producers, but I think their sounds are very different, and I think they've kind of branched off into their own subgenres. So I always thought that was an interesting mix. The conclusion of this lengthy tour story is that music is ever evolving it is ever changing but you can also see glimpses of the new and the previous many of the smaller acts the openers 
they're the bridge. They are literally the bridge connecting an old style, an old genre of the previous decade and moving it into the newer decade with the newer style and the newer genres. Like think of Nine Inch Nails opening for Guns N' Roses. I mean, you would never think that. Or the fact that Axl Rose wanted Nirvana to open for them in Metallica. I mean, Guns N' Roses was the end of the hair metal days, whereas Nirvana was ushering in grunge. Music is ever-evolving and ever-changing, and sometimes it's hard to see how much things change unless we actually look back. Looking back at these tours, looking at the artists that joined alongside the other artists, the openers, the smaller acts, it really goes to show where we were as a society, where we were culturally, how music developed and grew, how different subgenres were created off of other subgenres. It's just so fascinating to review these changes. The birth of rock and roll was always such a big deal, and it, it still is, but really looking at these tours and seeing how much has changed since that time, how many different versions of music we are able to get, especially in this country, and all of the artists that have created their own type of sound is just such a beautiful thing. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Please let me know. I want to know, have you guys gone to any of these tours? Is there a tour, a joint tour that I have not discussed? Any surprising facts that you want to let me know about joint tours? Please, 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 I want to hear from you guys. And again, if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, please don't forget to rate it, review it, and share it. It helps these stories get out there. It helps this podcast be heard. And again, thank you as always for always tuning in to my podcast. I appreciate you all so much. I hope you have a wonderful week. I will talk to you next week. Take care.